All right, this morning, uh, we are going to learn through story. And so we're going to cover a large overview of the story of Moses, and um, what we're going to go through in the drama world would be called a, a tragedy. So if you think Romeo and Juliet, um, it's going to be called a, a tragedy. Again, think Romeo and Juliet type story. Um, before we start, a few things. You know, in drama, there's a few housekeeping rules before we, we start. So number one, if you have to use the restroom, just wait for intermission, please. Um, those of you that are joining us online, that might work for you, and none of us would know. So if you're on your phone and you're, you're doing that, uh, we just want to say welcome to those of you that are watching and joining us online as well. Uh, but yeah, please wait for intermission. There is no intermission, right? So just wait till the end. You guys are smart. You guys got that. Uh, second thing is I'm going to need your help telling this story. I'm going to need your help telling the story. So there's very simple instructions here. Whenever you hear me say, grumble and complain, you will respond, ah, if only we had died. You guys with me? Let's try this here. When I say grumble and complain, oh, man, you guys are excellent. I saw a couple of I saw a couple of people that weren't sure if they were gonna get in on this. So one more time, let's get everybody in the room. Like everybody in the room on the same page here. Grumble and complain. Oh, very good, very good. And then uh, third thing here, man, I believe that God's spirit will speak to you today. Maybe God already spoke to you in the music, the song, the prayer. Maybe uh, God is sharing something with your heart. Maybe it's not an audible voice that you're hearing, but you're sensing something in that like inside part of us that we all know is real, but like we can't like touch, right? And if that's so, I want to encourage you, just take some notes of what that is. Write that down. Capture what God is communicating to you, uh, what he's speaking to you. And I believe uh, throughout the message that he'll continue to speak to you as well. So remember, you're going to want to stay on your toes because when I say grumble and complain, you guys are great. So I want to read a, an introduction poem into this story. The poem uh, reads like this. It all begins with a reason and rhyme all the way back the beginning of time. God creates humans to rule and to reign, yet they continue to fall and to feign. God makes a promise, a covenant. I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. And you, to my faithful people, you, I will bless you as if you are faithful too. But never, unfortunately, did anyone stay faithful and true. So the people of God's promise, they become slaves, but yet God hears their cries and he saves. And if you recall the, the 10 plagues, the story of Exodus is where we're going to pick up. Here we go. Exodus chapter 13, beginning in verse 17, just listen into this. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and go back, return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites, they went out of Egypt, key phrase, ready for battle. And so God delivers these people from Pharaoh of Egypt, and they make their way out. And as you can imagine, uh, if we were in a similar scenario, right, if we had been uh, oppressed by hundreds of years of uh, a foreign king, and God opened a way through miracles and through various showings of power for us to leave, we'd be like, Psh, right? It's not like a slow, casual walk through the park. It's like we got anywhere else to be but here. Let's go. Right? And so uh, as they're making their exodus from Egypt, God says, and again, just 
to give you a heads up, the book is better than the movie, right? How many are, are with me? The book's better than the movie? Okay, so the book is better than the message this morning. I want to encourage you to read all of Exodus this week and then maybe about half of Numbers, right? Yeah, I know. Some of you think I'm kidding. It really would be a good thing for you. Okay, so as you read through that, as you read through that, and they're making their way out, God says something really interesting. He says, hey, slow up. Turn back, right? If you're running from your enemies and God says, slow down and turn back, you're like, God, you don't see them? Like, you know, them, right? And so they, they slow down and, and they come to a spot and they're, God is instructing them to be still. And they're being still. They're being still. They're waiting for the deliverance of the Lord. And then shortly after that, the sea parts and make their way through the sea. They see the enemies, the Egyptians coming in behind them. And God closes the waters in on the Egyptians. He frees his people from their enemies. So just like we would do, if God did that for us, man, we'd throw a party. It's a worship service of like all worship services, right? Like we're celebrating. Like this is an exciting time, right? This is a good thing. They're singing songs. They're praising the Lord having a great time. Three days later, they make their way into the desert. And after three days, they discover what lacks in the desert. Water. There's no water. So the Israelites, they grumble and complain. There's a little bit of water there, but they can't drink it. It's bitter. But Moses prays, and Moses takes a piece of wood. He tosses it into the bitter water. It becomes sweet. In my mind, it becomes like Mountain Dew. I don't know if that, if that works, but uh, it becomes sweet, and they, oh, they drink up the water from heaven, and it's so good, right? And so God provides, Exodus 15, starting in verse 26, it was there at Marah that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commandments and keeping his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And so they continue to travel from here, uh, but now they discover also in the desert there's no food, right? So the Israelites grumble and complain. And the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven. Each day the people can go out and they can gather uh, and, and pick up as much food as they need for that day. But there's some specific instructions, you know, don't gather, uh, don't gather stuff to store for tomorrow, various things. As the scriptures say that God is testing them in this to see whether or not they will follow his instructions. As you can probably guess already by now, uh, they don't follow the instructions, right? They just get confused. It's like they, they didn't understand what God was saying. He's like, don't keep anything for the next day. And they try to keep some for the next day, right? We would do probably the same thing too, right? And then it spoils the next morning. So then it's also in this time that God sets a, a holy day apart, a Sabbath, a day of rest. And he gives some specific instructions. Like the day before the Sabbath, uh, gather twice as much as you need because then you won't go out on the Sabbath day. And of course the people, they listen so well and they go out on the Sabbath day, right? And they just, it's like, come on, what is, is happening here? I think we can identify with them though. Like, why is it so hard for us to find rest? Like we all crave rest, right? We crave this rest and this peace from God, uh, but we look for it usually in all the wrong ways, right? Uh, we turn on the television to unwind, right? We scroll through Facebook, we pull up video games, 
You know, sometimes we turn to other things, alcohol, substance abuse, some, whatever it is, we, we're craving this rest and this peace inside of us that helps us to find our place. But that peace only comes from the Lord. That peace only comes from the Lord. So again, they, they begin traveling along, and hopefully you think that they've learned their lessons, and they find out once more in the desert, water is really hard to come by, and so they grumble and complain again. Quiet, right? That's what Moses, quiet, right? Why are you complaining about me? Why are you testing the Lord? This is what Moses' response is. So Moses cries out to God. The God, the people, are, they're ready to kill me. So God calls back to Moses. You know, they're ready to kill you, throw stones at you, kill you. Hey, Moses, hey, just go out in front. Moses is like, God, you didn't hear me. I said they're ready to kill me, right? God's like, yeah, target practice. Go on out there. <laughs> so Moses goes out in front of the people, and um, water comes from the rock. Water comes from the rock. And then they move on to Mount Sinai, and God says, prepare yourselves. Remember, they were prepared for battle. They were prepared for war, but God's giving them instruction here at Mount Sinai. Prepare yourselves for my presence, is what God says. How many of us prepare ourselves for God's presence? We prepare ourselves for so many other things, right? We prepare ourselves for school. We prepare ourselves for work. We prepare ourselves for athletic contests, activities. We prepare ourselves to go out. How many of us prepare ourselves for God's presence? Here's what I want us to begin to catch. We prepare in prayer. We prepare ourselves for God's presence by being in prayer. And so it's here at Mount Sinai that God says, prepare yourselves, and he gives the Ten Commandments. The scriptures say this, when the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountains, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear. And they said to Moses, hey Moses, you speak to us and, and we'll listen, but don't let God speak to us directly because we're going to die. Don't be afraid, Moses answers them, for God has come in this way to test you so that you fear him, you respect him, and so that it keeps you from sinning. As the people stood in the distance, Moses approached the dark cloud where God was. This is an important point to notice that uh, God calls his people to listen carefully to his voice, and now the people are trying to silence out God's voice. The people, they don't want the spirit of God. They want the image of a pastor. They want someone to represent God for them, but they don't really want God himself. It's tragic. And if you always wait for a pastor or for that mentor, that spiritual friend to lead you into God's presence, I'm telling you, you're missing God's best for you. He wants to be with you. He wants to be with you. The people, they don't want to be with God. And you'd think at this point, like of all these things that God has done, you'd think that this was a joke. That the people don't want God. 
And so what continues to happen at Sinai is Moses uh, receives a bunch of instructions and items from the Lord, and he mediates them to the to the people, a lot of them kind of expound on more detail, like what is involved with the Ten Commandments. But it ends up taking a while. And day one, and day three, and day five, and day seven, and day 14, and day 21, and it's like 28, 35, 36. Like, where is Moses? Day 37, there's no Moses around. Day 38 goes by, and people are like, we don't know what happened to him. He's dead. He must have died. Certainly, he's dead. So they grow tired of waiting for Moses, and they don't want to meet with God themselves, and they're like, day 39, hey, Aaron, why don't you make us an idol? I don't know what happens, but apparently Aaron decides that's a good idea. I don't know. Maybe they tied him up and held him captive against his will, and they moved everything. I don't know what happened, right? They make this idol. There's this party. There's this craziness happening. But if only they would have been faithful one more day. From day 39 to day 40. See, the picture here is like, the picture here is like a honeymoon. So God in the Ten Commandments and, and in his interaction with these people is setting up like a, like a wedding covenant with them. And it's, it's as if on the honeymoon, the people jump in bed with someone else rather than their marriage partner. The people of Israel, they're jumping in bed with a cow instead of with God. Okay. Yes, this is extremely bizarre, and it's sad, and God's angry, right? Just as we would be if on our honeymoon that there was infidelity, right? God becomes angry. So Moses jumps in, and he does something. He intercedes on the people's behalf. He prays on their behalf. God agrees to not destroy them, although God did say that if they don't listen and if they do all these other things that you know, bad things would come. But God agrees, as Moses prays, to not destroy them. So Moses comes down, he confronts Aaron, and Aaron's like, I don't know, people asked, you know, people brought me gold and we threw it in the fire, and poof, like out came this little baby calf, like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's like, I'm not sure how that, how that quite works. Exodus 32, verse 30, the next day Moses said to the people, you have committed a terrible sin. But I will go back up to the Lord on the mountain. Perhaps I will be able to obtain forgiveness on your behalf. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, what a terrible sin these people have committed. They've made gods of gold for themselves. But now, if you will only forgive their sin. But if not, erase my name, Moses prays from the record that you have written. But the Lord replied to Moses, No, I will erase the name of everyone who has sinned against me. Now go, lead the people to the place I told you about. Look, my angel will lead the way before you, and when I come to call the people to account, certainly I will hold them responsible for their sins. Verse 35, then the Lord sent a great plague upon the people because they had worshipped the calf Aaron made. So plagues come, people die, judgment for idolatry happens, people die. I mean, it seems really harsh. It does. Like we read it and we go, huh. But what kind of God do we want? Do we want a God who is reliable, who is faithful, who is trustworthy to his word, who set up certain stipulations in a covenant and said, if you do this, if you listen carefully, then, you know, things will go well. I will bless you. If you disobey, then I will send upon you the plagues from Egypt. 
of which I rescued you from, by the way. We see the link of what happens here. Of course, I think we want God to be true to his character, to be true to his words. And it's at this point, Moses returns in prayer to the Lord again. And Moses prayed, just like we sang earlier, if you're not here, I don't want to be, I won't be moved unless you move. I mean, I don't think those were the exact words. It's more like, God, if your presence does not go, do not send us up from here. So from here, they leave Sinai and the people again. They grumble and complain. Moses prays, God relents. Then it comes back to the food issue again. There's no food. And again, the people grumble and complain. And Moses begins to get a little exasperated here. And what happens is like God gives them quail until they can't quail anymore. <laughs> and then the, 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 it tends to go on and uh, the people, they begin to criticize Moses for his leadership at this point. And it seems as though his brother and his sister kind of lead the way of this criticism. And then together the people, once again, they crum- crumble. Yeah, that's a good word, crumble. You know, crumbs are good dessert on things. But we're talking about the people of Israel here. So they grumble and complain. And this time, Moses' sister, who seemed to be a part of leading the charge, she's struck with leprosy. But this great guy, Moses, you know, he's just like, well, I'll just pray again, I guess. And he goes and he prays. And then his sister is healed of leprosy. And then they make it to the promised land. And if you have your, your Bibles with you, if you want to open up to Numbers 14, we'll be here for the, the rest of the message this morning. Um, but they make it uh, up to the promised land and they send in some uh, spies, reporters. They send in scouts to check out the promised land and they come back. And most of the scouts say, you know what? It looks good, but there's no way. There's no way. And then the people in unison, they grumble and complain. Uh, if only we had died. And they look at Moses, they're like, this is your fault. We're going to kill you. Right? That great guy Moses, though, I don't know, I'm assuming he smiled a lot. He prays for them again. He prays for them again. He prays and he intercedes for them. Listen to the end of his prayer and then listen to the Lord's response. This is Numbers chapter 14, beginning in verse 17. Moses prays, please, Lord, Prove that your power is as great as you, have con- as you have claimed. For God, you said, the Lord is slow to anger, filled with unfailing love, forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. But he does not excuse the guilty. He lays the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected even children in the third and fourth generations. But God, in keeping with your magnificent, unfailing love, please pardon the sins of this people just as you have forgiven them ever since they have left Egypt. Moses refers to that compassion of God. Please, God, forgive them. And the Lord said, I'll pardon them just as you've requested. But as surely as I live and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will ever enter that land. They have all seen my glorious presence and the miracles and signs that I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me. If you look through and you see how many times that they began to just, you'll see that the number is 10. 
because we think the Israelites are better than Pharaoh. But ten times it continued to, you know, and test the Lord, right? They're not any better. They refuse to listen to his voice. The Lord says, they will never see the land I swore to give to their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. So Moses prays and forgiveness is given again and again. It's like, you know, when's enough enough? And then the people that go into, uh, uh, into obey the Lord, they get into like, yeah, we're going to obey mode. You know, we repent, God, we're so sorry, so we're going we're gonna to obey. We're going to go into the promised land now. And God's like, wait a minute. I'm like, no, I don't want you to go now because you, you know, earlier, yes, but now, no. They're like, God, we got you. And they go in, right? And it does not go well. I can only imagine in their minds like, God, what's happening? But God's probably like, you guys just don't get it. You repent for not listening and then you don't listen. Like, what is going on here? So then they continue to travel. And yet again, they find out that there's no water. And the people grumble and complain. And this is the tragedy that I mentioned. Numbers 20, verse 6. Moses and Aaron turned away from the people, went to the entrance of the tabernacle where they fell face down on the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, You and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out its water. You'll provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept, and the people came and they gathered at the rock. Moses, I'm sure, so politely says, listen, you rebels. Like he's about to lose his mind. Idiots, listen. <laughs> Must we bring you water from this rock? So Moses takes his staff. Right? Hits the gusher. Out comes water. Everybody drinks. Everybody's happy. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough, to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land that I am giving them. This place was known as the waters of Meribah, which means arguing. Because there the people of Israel argued with the Lord, and there he demonstrated his holiness among them. It seems really harsh that Moses, in one mess up, doesn't get to enjoy the promised land. What kind of God do we want? Do we want one who is faithful and true to his word? Do we want one that has no favorites? God's instructions were, listen to my voice. Right? Only Moses and Aaron and the Lord knew that the instructions were to speak to the rock, not strike the rock. Moses, in his disobedience, God still shows up and provides for his people. See, I think what what God is looking for is faithfulness, not effectiveness. God is looking for us to be faithful to his voice and to respond to him in faithfulness. Partial obedience is disobedience. God is asking us to fully listen, to fully obey. But the question I want to center in on this morning is this. 
Who was there to pray on Moses' behalf when he failed? No one. It's so tragic. Time and 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 time again. Moses prays for these people, refers to God's mercy, his unfailing love. God relents and God forgives. But then Moses misses one time and there's no one to pray and intercede for Moses. There's no one to say, God, according to your unfailing love and kindness, forgive him. There's one who always was, who always is, who always will be perfectly faithful to the Lord. See, Moses was imperfectly faithful. Jesus, whom we worship, is forever perfectly faithful. See, Moses interceded for the Israelites. Jesus intercedes for his church, for his people. He intercedes for us in this room. See, Moses saw God's face. Jesus reflects God's face. Jesus is the image of God. Maybe for some of you, Jesus has been calling you to himself. He's been asking you to commit your life to him, to fully listen and obey and respond. I want to let you know, today is a day to make that choice. Make that commitment and go fully in. Fully obey. Fully listen. Not half in, half out. Go fully in. It's the best thing that you can ever do. There's no magic formula to make that happen. It's a position of your heart, and uh, we can pray for you afterwards. If, if you have a connection card, you want to make that decision. If you just uh, check that you're starting a relationship with Jesus on that connection card, uh, everyone here would love to celebrate that with you and pray with you, help you along in that. For the rest of us here that may have already made that decision, my question is this, who are you interceding for? Who are you interceding for? Some people, they, they don't have any person, human, on this earth right now, right, to pray for them. God may be asking you to intercede for some of them because you're the only one that will pray on their behalf. These people have nowhere else to turn. God's calling you to represent Jesus to step in and to pray. And it's not the type of prayer like when we're in a conversation and we're like, I'll pray for you and we walk away because like it gets weird and we don't know how to end the conversation. So we're like, I'll pray for you. But then we walk away and we forget just as quickly. Like, no, like God's literally asking like, will you pray, intercede for people? See, I think by now, there's at least three individuals that God has placed in your mind, on your heart, for you to pray for, to begin to pray for, to begin to pray that they would come to know Jesus, to begin to pray and continue to pray that they would know him as King, as Lord, as Savior, that they would experience the hope that we have in Christ, that they would turn their lives to him and that they would experience the goodness of God that's expressed in Jesus. 
If he's revealed some people to you, I want to encourage you, write them down, pick up your phone right now, you know, open up the notes app, put their names in, whatever you got to do to remember those three names. Because I'm going to ask that this week that you pray for those three names, that you intercede for three people to come to know Jesus, to be faithful to him. Because when you intercede, you're representing Jesus. And maybe God will move in response to that intercession, to that prayer. Maybe people will have an encounter with the risen Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God, I ask that you would give us all strength, courage. God, that you would give us perseverance that we would begin and continue to intercede, to pray for people, to come to know you. God, I ask that you would move something in our hearts, that you would develop something in us, that you would change us in whatever ways that we need to change. God, we admit to you that sometimes when it comes to praying for people and to interceding, God, that it feels dry, that we don't know what to say, we don't know what to do, that we don't know how to pray. God, I ask that you would reveal to us how to pray. God, I ask that you would change the position of our hearts, that we would be in your presence, that we would prepare ourselves in prayer for your presence, God, and when we're in your presence, that we would intercede on people's behalf. And Lord, that we would see you move that we would see your kingdom expand and grow, that we would see hope light up in people's eyes because they see the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, in all of his glory. And they fall to their knees and they acknowledge and confess that Jesus is Lord. So God, help us to play a part in that. Remind us. God, I ask that you would keep in our minds and in our hearts those to intercede for. And that perseverance that I mentioned, God, I ask that you would help us continue to pray and continue to pray. When just like the Israelites, it seems like there's fail after fail after fail after fail. God, that you would help us to pray, 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 pray. God, that you would help us to not grow weary in well-doing, but God, that we would be strong and consistent and persistent in prayer. That we would be praying continually. That we would be in your presence. So Holy Spirit, we ask for your help. And it's because of Jesus representing us to you, God, our Father in heaven, that we can, we can pray and have access to you. And so we thank you, God. Amen. Amen.